0: You know, the other day, Chris actually said, I know, um, I know this is sleep deprivation and your hormones talking, but I think someday, maybe, maybe you might apologize. (laughs) And I was like,
1: that's hilarious. Probably not.
0: So welcome to the Walk of Shame. The Walk of Shame. Radio podcast.
1: That's a good way to start it, right? (laughs) Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, welcome to the Walk of Shame Radio Podcast. We're back. Actually, this is the last Walk of Shame Radio Podcast, but I'm back with my wonderful co-host Mariah. Hi, Mariah. Hello, Tony. So, congratulations, uh, baby is here.
0: Finally, at long last.
1: And it was, uh, and it all worked out great. You guys yep. are great. Everything's great.
0: Everything's good.
1: Good. So, what I want to, um, what I want to do is uh, talk today about new beginnings. Because you've gone through a couple new beginnings, uh, and for some reason or another, it's got to be in the water or during this time of year or something, but the clients that I have right now are all going through big changes, hmm. big life changes. And and uh, the group of clients I have, I, I, I can't really talk a whole specific about them, but they are all in the millennial age. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, there are some of them that are in the early millennial age, And some of them are in the later, which we're going to talk about in like the second half of the show, Mm -hmm. because I found that uh, millennials are actually two very different groups. Oh, yeah. Two different beasts. Yeah. The the younger ones are way different than the older Mm -hmm. ones. You happen to be in the older part. So we were talking just a little while ago, and or before I started taping, and uh, I was telling you that I totally broke my pinky toe
0: which hurts like a bitch
1: oh it's, it's brutal and it's it's the color is not pleasant at this no, point i'm sure and uh you're as a nurse mm, your mm-hmm. advice to me was
0: you know tape it and if it uh gets black and starts crawling up your leg get that shit checked out
1: get that shit checked out uh medical that's that, me- that's, 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 that's 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 the professional that's way that's the of... technical medical correct, advice correct. get that shit checked out
0: i'm a great nurse <laughs>
1: Clearly, great nurse. (laughs) Well, so I've heard from the people that have survived. From from those that have lived to tell the tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ones, you know, we we can't. May they rest in peace.
0: (laughs) Only kidding. So,
1: so getting into into the new beginnings, I, I I wanted to bring that up. Specifically, again, because of your personal experience, and mm-hmm. because and because of mine, because this is the last uh, Walk of Shame radio podcast that I'm going to be doing. Uh, Lexi's gone on, and she's actually going back to school and doing uh, her own thing in regards to the uh, training and mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, and I am transitioning more from the dating and the relationship podcast into more of a general podcast that goes right along with my services that I do as a consultant and with my book that's coming out November December which is called surrounded by idiots
0: I cannot wait to read it, yeah, I, wait. it
1: let's let's just say that my, my whole intention on the book was to, first of all it's a it's it, it's a way to what I say it's it's three and a half action steps to uh, rise above the unwashed masses and live life on your own terms. Mm-hmm. Great I, ro- I wrote it for the millennial audience, as be- because my experience has been as more of a mentor and guiding them in more of a of a creating your own philosophy and going mm-hmm. forward in your life. You know, a lot of people go through the go through school and you listen to your parents and they sort of feed you what things mean, and then once you get out, you're all focused on school when you're there, and that's great, and that's hopefully. Uh, although I wasn't. So that's a whole different story. But let's just say, let's, let's just say between the pizza and the beer, you are and you get out. So once you get out, you, you think that it kind of naturally in a linear fashion kind of goes into a job. And then that goes into whatever. Interestingly enough, when you do get out and I don't know if you found this out too, when you got out of school, you get out and then you, you're in your job and then you're like, wait a minute, there's, does is this really where I should be, or is this? Oh yes. Is this really? Did you have? A- oh
0: my god! Yeah. I mean, I hated my first job out of school. I worked in insurance; it was terrible. I popped over into the nonprofit world after that, and nonprofit led me to go back to school for nursing, and it's been huh. like I was one of those people who definitely thought life was linear; mm-hmm. that I needed to have all my little ducks in a row, and everything was going to happen in this nice, tidy little order. And it has not at all.
1: I think most people think that way, though. I mean, from what I've gathered and from the people that I've talked to, most people are programmed to see things, because it's easier, obviously. It's easier to see things linearly. And a lot of times, you know, when you're growing up, and I'm not going to get all totally uh, anatomical or anything or scientific, but your prefrontal cortex, that part of the brain right in the front, Mm -hmm. that uh, if you play soccer, it's part where you hit the ball. Right. Um, that that actually doesn't fully develop until you're 22. So, and that's the rational part, the rational, right. and the reasoning part, and where they say now, neuroscientists now that they are doing all of that MRI stuff now, which is insane, how much we're learning just in the last couple of years oh, yeah. uh, of all of that, uh, the uh, imaging stuff. Um, they that's where reasoning, that's where your reasoning and your and that's where your con- your subconscious is uh, in regards to your like reasoning stuff. So. Uh, all that being said, that th- that's not developed until you're 22. So you really can't expect to even know how to think on more broad terms right. when you're younger anyway. You, linear is really the only choice right. that you have. as you go. So you think, okay, this is what I need to do and I need to make money and I need to do this. Now, what I want to bring up is an interesting thing that I found with millennials and the thing I love the most about your generation. I wish I was. I think I was a. I, I was born too soon. I think that's yes. what it comes down I to. I think
0: you might have been too Tony.
1: Is because y- you guys have a better sense of overall meaning and your value system. And I'm talking general, but the value system millennials is much more grounded in really the things that really mean things. I would agree. As 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 weird as that sounds. Right. It's more of a you know what what are the things that really mean something in your life? Does it mean having a big bank account or you know having a lot of money or being at, a, at an executive vice president job at 26 or something? Is, does that really have any meaning? It actually does not. Mm-hmm. It correlates to a meaning based upon what you might have thought was something that gave you or you know created value in you, but it actually right. doesn't. So the things that do create value are. Relationships, mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: but but relationship is not a linear thing. Relationships are developed over the years, mm-hmm. and they're in all different aspects, and it's a very dimensional type of a thing, right? And you know, you don't really think about that as you're growing up because all you're thinking about is sustaining life right. and, and being able to pay your bills, which is great. That's a big part of it, and I'm and I and with my clients, their whole thing is it, it's funny because it's almost every single time with millennial clients. They come in thinking it has to be one or the other. Yes. It's either, okay, I got to be a martyr and suck it up and stay in this job because I need to pay my rent, or I could be totally irresponsible and ditch all of this and go do my artwork. Right. Or go travel or something.
0: I'm somebody who thinks like that for sure. We'll
1: see. Yes. And, and, and that's linear thinking. Yes. And I, I don't fault anybody for that because that's how we were brought up. Mm hmm. And we're totally influenced by our parents, whether we whether we want to do what they say is right or we do not want to do right. what they say because we want <laughs> to stick it to them. Uh-huh. Usually, it's one or the other, yeah, absolutely. or you know, somewhere close to that. So, the, but the thing is, is that and the one nugget of knowledge that I give my millennial clients is, is it doesn't have to be one of the other. Right. Dimensional thinking means you you got to keep your. I always call it bridging the worlds, mm-hmm. you have your own world that's in your head. Right. This is your reality. The reality you create by how you see things and how you experience experiencing th- things and all that. And that's just you. Mm-hmm. Nobody shares that. And we've talked about this a number of times. Oh, yeah. Nobody shares your view on the world. As much as you think they do or they should, or they should, that's where arguments, <laughs> that's where right? arguments come in. I mean, you know, look at, look at, uh, not to bring it up because this could go way off the rails, but look at the political stuff that's happening right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Say both, no more.
1: both sides think they're totally right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And both sides are totally opposite. Right. Now, are they both right? Yes. They're both right in the sense that in their own minds, they're mm-hmm. right. Now, does it mean that they're wrong because you think differently? No, it doesn't but that's the whole thing. So you got to understand in order to for things to work in all of this, in order for you to have a fulfilled life and to move forward in your life, you have to understand, keep one foot in your world, which means be true to yourself and be authentic to who you are as is crazy and batch of crazy and all the stuff that that somebody thinks in terms of Coming in and asking uh, for advice, somebody, somebody thinking I'm going to change the world or make a great art piece or I want to, you know, do something, whatever, whatever it is, your originality part. Keep one foot in that world all the time, mm-hmm. but you got to play the game. And we you talked have about to this. Play the game. You got to play the game because the world outside of you is not going to automatically say, "Oh, you're an artist," or "Oh, oh, you're amazing. You're an amazing author." We're going to buy all your books, and uh, and then everything's going to be great. Then you're going to have the money coming in, and right. it, it ain't going to happen like that.
0: Not going to happen.
1: Right? So it's, it's a matter of you have to play the game, whereas if you're in a job that you don't like, the one thing I say is, what don't you like about the job?
0: Right. How can we change it?
1: Right. And it's all about reframing. It's mm-hmm. all about if you... I can't tell you how many clients that I've, that I've completely shifted in a matter of like five minutes by just saying, can you reframe the job as a tool? Oh, okay. that's it. All it's, right. It's a tool. Yeah. Can you reframe the job as a tool? Because it, you got You have to make the money and you have, have to pay to. bills and you have to do all that stuff. You got it. You can't not do right. that. You know, because it's, it's the whole Maslow hierarchy of needs things. You know, you mm-hmm. have to support yourself or even if you're living in a mom and dad's basement, you still have to make some money and, and contribute or do your thing. Right. We all have to do that. So if you find yourself in a job or if you're waiting tables, then fine. It, that doesn't define who you are. It's no. just, it's a tool to get you to where you want to go. But the thing is, is that I always ask them, I say, you know, if you don't like your job, then what are you doing about it?
0: Right. How are you going to fix this? We
1: have 24 hours in the day. Now this is Captain Obvious time. We have 24 hours in the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You got eight hours of sleep. You got eight hours of work. Right. What are you doing with the other eight?
0: <sighs> Sitting on my couch, <laughs> Light, apparently. Well, but, but that's but that's the thing. So no, yeah.
1: so in your context, you are raising a child. Yes. One of the most important things to do ever. Yes, if you ask me, that, no, that's that you. that is that is one of the top tier important things as as being a parent. Mm-hmm. Now, for the people that come in and they say, "Oh, you know, I, and I hate my job, but I don't want to do that and all that kind of stuff, but I want to do my art." Or this, I go, "Fine, what are you doing about it?" Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're sleeping and you're getting up and you're going to work, you have I call it the in between time. Why aren't you working on this in the in between time? Yes, Yeah, it's discipline, but right? yeah. But that's the whole point. Nothing, and I mean nothing. I got the finger out for you, that he's one. He's
0: got the finger out, folks. <laughs> he's not lying.
1: Nothing gets done unless you put the time and the effort into it. Yes. It doesn't come to you. So if you want to create a website with your art pieces, if you want to create your own podcast, if you want to write your own book, or you know whatever the case may be that you that you want to express your authenticity, then you got to fucking do it.
0: I know. That's that's hard for people well, it's a, for some I, reason.
1: Well, it's hard, it's hard because, and I always hearken back to the whole thing about working out.
0: I was just going to say.
1: It's a, right? Perfect yes, example.
0: Perfect example. Right? Um,
1: I can't, how hard is it to work out after a nine to five?
0: I mean... It's, it's hard when you're clocking out at five and you're thinking the last thing I want to do is go to the gym, but right. you know, it's doable. Right. But you okay. Just,
1: doable, but okay. You're but you, you, you can't, nursing, right? You got, let's just say you got what? 10 hour shift. Yes. 10 hour shift in nursing. You get off. What's the last thing you want to do?
0: Work out. Right. <laughs> right. Which is why right. I always did before I went to work. Or right. I well, but, see that, out again. But,
1: but see, that's the whole point. Yeah. The whole point is you have to create the space to create.
0: And you have to want it badly enough, though, because when people say, mm-hmm. well, I'm too busy to work out and it's like, OK, yeah, well, you know, pick a number. We're all too busy for yeah. everything. But, you know, you get what's important to you done.
1: And that and that's what it comes down to. It's funny because I always do uh, uh, when I do the personal training, because I did that a long time ago and then I'm doing that now as mm-hmm. a part of my because I'm a certified personal trainer. So the first thing I do is I have people do a food log. Why am I not lose? Why, why am I not losing weight? Why can't I get in shape? Blah, blah, blah. I go, okay. First, I mean, like before I even get you into the gym, I say, first thing I want you to do is for three days. That's it. Three days. You mark everything down that you eat. It's a food log. Yeah. So how much and when? Mm -hmm. Because it's important. So this could, this could go through like three different ways. The first way is that they uh radically change their eating. Yep. So they look like they're a superstar mm-hmm. in the 3 they're days. They're embarrassed because right. they know. Right. Yep. Uh this is and then the second thing is to uh just blatantly flat out lie. Right. On it. And uh then the third thing is to actually be honest mm-hmm. but to modify from the usual. Right. So they would. So if they usually got up and had, you know, uh, half a box of golden grams, then they would just put they had a cup and a half of golden grams or something. Right. So usually it happens all oh, those three ways. And interestingly enough, it has zero to do with what you're eating. Right. It has everything to do with how you're screwing yourself.
0: I know. <laughs> and, and,
1: and it's a great, that's a great example of what we do. Mm-hmm. to ourselves. And that's, and that's the whole thing. You know, if I, most people that, that come to me and most people that, when I was doing my, uh, therapy internship stuff and family systems and couples therapy stuff, most, most, I mean like 95% of the people that come in, they already know what the problem is. Always. Always. They already know what the problem, either they need, they need outside reinforcement mm-hmm. of yes, this is a legit problem and you actually need to step up and do this. Or they just they just need uh, they need an avenue to uh, to try to convince themselves that this is what's going on, right? And um, they but the thing is they already know, and I and I guarantee you that whomever is listening at this point or going through a new beginning or a big change in their life, you know, relationship change or job or moving or Mm -hmm. having a baby or getting a new, getting a, uh, well, uh, graduating college or anything like that. Right. Anything new, you know, you, you kind of know what you got to do now. It might scare the shit out of you. And I think a lot of times it's the fear that keeps you from doing that. So now you guys are going through two, big changes.
0: Yep. And I want to (laughs) know, and
1: I'd like to know how you guys are handling it.
0: Well, I mean, I think one thing is this whole move um, back to the East Coast. For me, even though moving is very stressful, there is a lot of comfort in it knowing that I'm going back to where I started and that's where I've wanted to go. So if we were packing up to move somewhere brand new, like Alaska or something right now, yeah, I would be... Totally freaked out. I would be panicked. I'd be moody. I would. I would be going through all of. So the if emotions. it was
1: someplace totally different, yeah, than, than than you have been used to, then it would be huge. It would for be you. huge. Okay.
0: Um. So for me, the biggest thing now is uh, having a baby, trying to coordinate a big move, and you know, there's still the unknown of once we get there, reestablishing ourselves as a couple in a community where I used to live alone around family and friends that i used to be around alone um and now with the baby you know and finding new jobs and it's it's going to be a different experience it's going to be a different boston for me mm-hmm. um and so i mean there's that excitement but then because we have a newborn there's like you know sleep deprivation and how the hell are we going to pay for this and sleep how are
1: deprivation gonna- what what are you talking about
0: <laughs> <laughs> That can make you crazy and make you do and say, you know, the other day Chris actually said, I know, um, I know this is sleep deprivation and your hormones talking, but I think someday maybe, maybe you might
1: apologize. (laughs) And I was like,
0: that's hilarious. Probably
1: not. I was going to (laughs) say, fat chance, buddy. He's like, you're just,
0: you're just kind of mean sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I'm a nice person. You know me, Tony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're mean.
1: Yeah, you're Woo. yeah, you're super nice. So Usually. that so yeah, it's so it's got to be something huge for that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, we all have our our ways of expressing our <clears throat> our stress mm-hmm. and anxiety about things.
1: <laughs> so over so handling it. It's called the nodal event in a psychology, in, you know, in, in that community. So nodal event is something really big Mm -hmm. where it really shifts your path. Yes. Now you guys have, uh, the baby, which is a huge nodal event, you know, graduating college. Like I said, all those stuff, graduate, uh, first big uh, thing or a big relationship or getting married or having a baby. So you guys had a baby. Mm -hmm. That's a big nodal event, huge, uh, life change, humongous. (laughs) And at the same time, you are now both, like, like we just talked about, you guys are both moving all the way back east, even mm-hmm. though you have, you were there before, you're from there and you have family there. Still, Still, like, like you said, it's, it's a different gig. So have you guys, have you guys run up against anything that you found to be very difficult to ration, you know, rationalize through? or very difficult to deal with, or something like, what's the biggest hurdle that you guys have at this point?
0: Okay, so there are a couple things. I think one big hurdle is, you know, we're out here in Arizona, we've been here five years, Chris has a great job, I have a great network of jobs that I could get once I got, you know, off of maternity leave, we have friends, we have a house, We have this comfort level. You know, we have doctors and pediatricians and everything we need right here. It's easy to get around. We have easy commutes. We are literally moving to a huge city, which is like three times as expensive. We're going to be renting a house and probably not even a house, probably a tiny apartment. We're going to be dealing with Trains and subways and buses and walking and bad weather and, you know, and then, you know, family. I mean, I love my family. He loves my family. But it's a different gig to go from having this independence where you're a couple far away doing your own thing and suddenly being thrown back into the mix of a huge family network.
1: Yeah, no more buffer.
0: No more buffer. There's no like, okay, well, that was fun. We'll see you at Christmas, right?
1: Exactly. No,
0: because I'm going to see you next weekend at the barbecue. Like, oh boy, you know, so uh-huh. which is totally exciting. But it'll just—it's the first time since we've been together that we will be close to one of our families, and it's going to be different.
1: Wow, it will be.
0: And especially with a baby that everybody wants to see, you know.
1: Have you guys talked about the the dynamic you guys have to to shift, or you have to be as a team? you guys, have you talked about how you're going to approach those new things?
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the, it's, and it's me really that has to shift, um, because he's very good at saying things and speaking up to his own family. If I ever get upset about something or if I feel like, you know, we're on the same page, but they think we should do something differently. I'm not as good at Standing up to my own family and giving my opinions because, you know, I mean, I respect everybody and I don't want to hurt feelings or cause mm-hmm. rifts. So we've had talks about how we're going to have to be better at setting boundaries and how it's ultimately our nuclear family first before the extended family gets a say. And so it'll be, it'll be hard. But I think especially as a mom now, because I have this baby, I'm very protective of. Mm-hmm. I've already gotten better at being a bit more assertive and sort of saying, okay, that's nice, but this is how we're doing it, so.
1: Huge lesson. Yes. In all of that.
0: Huge.
1: That comes, that the first thing I think of after that, first of all, is you totally get it because it is a different gig mm-hmm. and you have to set new boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's And it's like that in a new relationship and it's like that with your family. When you get older, Yes. you've got to set new boundaries. It's really tough when you grow up in a household where kids are seen and not heard, mm-hmm. or uh, or you're just not. It's or it's a very non-confrontation. It sounds like a big Irish Catholic. Oh yeah, place. It's like harbor
0: your guilt. Oh, and your totally. Shame. Don't Gee, talk about it. Of
1: course, I know nothing about that.
0: No, no, of course not. No, yeah,
1: <laughs> d- d- didn't live that childhood at all. Nope. Uh, but it's but that's a very important thing because you're not as much as your parents, and they will think of you still as the kid Mm -hmm. because they always will always uh, in some sense, you have to come in and establish your new adult boundaries with them. And that's a really important thing in, especially through that transition that, that with the millennial um, uh, people that I work with, Because you're, nothing is static in life. And people, I mean, we all love things to be static because it makes it easy to know. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you know, it's like, well, I put my car keys on the table right there and they're going to be there. Right. You know, but that's not how life is. I mean, people are all over the map. We're always changing. Circumstances are always changing. The dynamic of a lot of different people in the same place always changes. And your family structure always changes in Mm -hmm. regards to that energy and the dynamic. And you have to... Be willing to look at it from a more mature grown up, like an adult child relationship.
0: Right. Which is hard though, because, and I, and I say this, this is my argument that I always use because everyone in my family and most of my friends have at one point said to me, well, you need to be more assertive and say what you feel. You need to really like step up and speak up for yourself and do all of that. And my argument back is, yes, but all of you want me to do that with everyone else but you. <laughs> like, let's well, be real. Do you really?
1: <laughs> such a great point, right? <laughs> and
0: it's true because then the few times such that I do speak up or say something, it's like, <gasps> <gasps> what? She's off her fucking rocker. She's crazy. She's lost it. That
1: is she's awesome. What sure. a perfect example of that. That's like that not in my backyard, right? Right. You know, build, build new prisons, but don't put it in my backyard. Don't put it back
0: here. Right. Or that's okay for that kid. I don't mind. I'm very accepting as mm-hmm. long as my own kid isn't like that.
1: <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> and, but, but, but how far does that conspiracy go? Oh, Jesus. So oh, far. It, Oh, it's just it, just, it happens to everybody all the time. But yes. and, uh, But again, it's a matter of of recognizing the pattern. Yes. And that's what it comes down to. I'll recognize the pattern. Mm-hmm. So this is not the smoothest transition in the world, but we have a few minutes left and I really want to get your, because, um, at being the last of this and we're trans, we're going to transition into the new surrounded by idiots radio podcast. But I want to intro that by, cause it'll be mostly about millennial, and millennial issues. Right. Cause that's what I deal with and that's my niche. So I want to talk about, cause you are a millennial. Yes. Yes. So, what I found and what I what I threw out to you was 18 to 35, that's the Pew Research Study age grouping. Thing is, is that there are two very distinct groups of millennials. Yes, there are. It's the 18 to, what would you say? I would say like 24.
0: Yeah, I was going to say 24.
1: Yeah. And then the 25s to 35s. Yes. Now, two totally different. Two different what, beasts. What, what do you see the differences between the the age in the millennials.
0: Um, okay. So, for one, uh, like we talked about earlier, the whole um, social media and technology thing. Like, I mean, we're all into it now. Let's be real. But it is a totally different level. I mean, they take pictures of their Frappuccinos and get 700 likes on an Instagram post. And, you know, my mm-hmm. the birth of my baby generated like, you know, 15. So, it's just different. Well, at, least, we at, at, at least at
1: least priorities are in line. <laughs> Obviously, a cappuccino is much
0: more important Clearly. than little baby Logan.
1: I mean, the pumpkin spice is here.
0: It is here. So, let's I not let's not discount that. I mean, come on, Mariah. It. I know. It, Do you have important. a different example? Okay, different example. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I mean, I think that it seems to me, and I could be wrong, Uh, And this is from having babysat younger kids and then seeing how they kind of turned out. There's a little bit more of a – like the relationship they have with their parents is very different. Um, Like in my day, and I sound old when I say that, all my mother had to do was look at me or say she was disappointed and I was – a puddle on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. dear God, I can't disappoint. I had this very high level of respect for my parents and took to heart what they said and did what they said. And I feel a little bit like this whole age of like, I want to be your friend type parenting, helicopter parenting. Mm-hmm. I can't like release the reins. I'm going to fight against the teacher when you get an F on something instead of disciplining you.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: created this sort of entitled um, like, Fuck authority, kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not all of them, but like I see that as a as a big trend.
1: Do you see that? And you see that more for the younger uh, younger yes. section of the millennials than the older section.
0: Yeah, and I mean the older, there are still a few of us that are doing that too. But
1: totally agree, uh, completely on that. It, 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 in in a general sense, mm-hmm. very general. Uh, yeah. uh, well, and it's and I think it's all because, and we talked about this earlier uh, off mic. I think it's all because is is. Right about that time, uh, which was about, what, 24 or so, give or take, uh, that's when things really kicked in in regards to social media yes. and everything went online. Yep. I mean, like everything. You guys grew up still watching the Fraggle Rock on Saturday mornings and all yes. that stuff, you know, and just, and kind of being ushered into it gently into the, you know, flip phones were around when you were, when you were young, still. It yeah, I didn't get
0: a phone until I graduated from college. I'll have everyone know. I was using pay phones.
1: Yeah, again, again yeah, pay phones, pay exactly. Phones. Yeah, so pages were already gone and the whole, all that crap. But still, that was the, I mean, you know, my daughter didn't get her own phone until she was in high school. Right. So.
0: But now they get them when they're like eight years old.
1: Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, kid, two-year-old kids are sitting there. Uh,
0: they know how to do the iPad better than I do. Yeah,
1: it's incredible. So I, I, but it's a huge. Th- what I see is, is I see the difference in regards to being able to communicate, mm. and it seems Maybe as though the it, it seems as though the older the older set of millennials are a little more in tune in terms of the responsibility yes aspect versus the younger's. And I'm not saying the younger millennials don't have any. I'm just saying no. it's it's just it's a different it's a different gig because you guys are still grounded in the world before yes and it's uh and it's a big and it was a lot different the mm-hmm. world before you had to put out effort and you had to call your friends and you guys got together and hung out and played right and, whereas it's just kind of a kind of a different gig now and uh, I I can't tell you how many times that some older when I have an older millennial client they get pissed at the whole tag that's on the millennials in terms of being, you know, overly entitled and stuff, which I tend to agree with them mm-hmm. because you guys are now the largest generation in America. Mm. Okay. The largest and the most powerful. So if you got off your asses, That's scary. I know. But but that's I think in terms of and I'm going to go politics and I didn't really want to because that is the third rail, you know. That's a true circus. It's just it it yeah, it, it's just a shit show. But that's what I liked about the whole Bernie Sanders movement mm-hmm. politics aside that's what I liked about it because they actually started the idealism started coming into play, and they actually put it towards something right and I like that and i and I would hope that that would keep moving, and I know he's not involved in it anymore, and I know a lot of them are all bent because Hillary's in there, and they think she's a she's a political f- Uh, puppet which you know she's part of the system so it is what it is right but take your baby steps and understand that what you did create with bernie sanders was huge Mm -hmm. and it will continue if you look at it not from a pure ideological thing in terms of it's either my way or you know nothing in terms of the ideology because i'll tell you right now as a as a gen xer and as somebody who's been through this ideology thing about being able to change the world and everybody you know drinking coke and smiling that it it ain't going to happen. No. It ain't going to happen. No. But what you but you but pick your battles and understand that the whole that whole movement that whole progressive movement was was amazing to it see. It was amazing. Amazing. Was cool. You don't understand because you know not you but you know the 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 younger generation doesn't understand how amazing that was it that hasn't been done like in my lifetime so build on that and understand even if and i'm not i'm not trying to promote hillary at all actually i mean i have my own Viewpoints on stuff, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get involved in the politics. Tony's going to
0: write in himself for president.
1: Right? I, <laughs> believe me, if I thought I had enough write-in votes, I would. I could do a hell of a lot better than I, I bet you anybody. I bet you, I bet you any of our people out there listening no think could, could do a better job yes. than what's happening here. Yes. Uh, but uh, but at least if you take a look at that and then understand it's the system, mm-hmm. and you got to play the game. Make your choice based on that. That's all yeah. I'm saying.
0: You do have to play the game just yeah. a little bit. Because a lot of
1: people are going, I'm voting third party, I'm voting for green, I'm voting for Well <sighs> y- you can from an ideological standpoint. You can. Great. And what are you gonna do? You can have your sticker on your on your chest and you're gonna say, I voted for right. Johnson, you know? You can say that. What does that where does that progress anything?
0: Right, because the end result is still gonna be what The masses want and the masses aren't always thinking like that. The masses are never thinking like that. That's the
1: problem. That's the problem you're going to, that millennials are coming up against. And this is why I love working with your group because your group actually has way, a way clearer understanding of value Mm -hmm. uh, of, of the fact that it's all life is experience and life is about creating positives in life to benefit you as well as other people. Right. That is like the underlying philosophy that I throw out there and is something that you guys resonate with.
0: Absolutely. Overall.
1: You'd be surprised. Gen Xers don't do that. Neither do baby boomers. They don't. That's not their gig. No. In general. No, no. Their gig is, I mean, my generation was always, you know, get out there and kick some ass and and make your money and then well, yeah. s- squash people and, you know, kind of, and, and get your house and, you know, it's a whole house and 2.3 kid thing.
0: Right. Which is why I think sometimes it's hard when you're trying to listen to yourself and do what you want to do. And then also listen to your family's opinions. And Chris and I have this conversation all the time about the spectrum of rational versus emotional. Yes. And, uh, you know, he tends to lean more toward the rational side. I tend to lean more toward the emotional side. And it's that meeting in the middle of, yes, we need. Wonderful experiences and magic and sparkles and glitter and all that. But we also need a paycheck. And you know, like, how do we make it all work?
1: That's the bridging.
0: That's the bridging. But yep. the thing
1: is, is that you can make it work.
0: Absolutely. You can.
1: There's a way to make it work. And it's not, and it's not about selling out. Nope. It's not about overly compromise. Everybody says, you know, compromise and they say that's such a bad word. Compromise is an amazing word and it's an amazing. Fundamental thing that you should be doing yes. because, because the whole essence of compromise is understanding there are more than just one side, right? And understanding that there are consequences to everything, and understanding that the things that we all do as individuals don't just impact us, right? They ripple. It's that throw the pebble in the water thing, and it right. all ripples to other people too.
0: Yeah, you can't just be narcissistic. You can't only be thinking...
1: You can, well, but you can. then you turn out to be a giant douche. Right. So, Not and, and, and who so wants well. to be around that? Nobody. Yeah, so, and that's the whole point. So, mm-hmm. we'll get more into the millennial stuff uh, in regards to the differences and all the fun stuff. And I do, that. I, I kind of want to intro the new, um, the new podcast the Surrounded by Idiots podcast. That's the name of the book. Like I said, it's coming out. And basically what it's going to be is not just dating and not just relationships, but life philosophy stuff, the stuff that I deal with my clients on mm-hmm. in terms of go, coming to a, a fork in the road, making right choices, how to make the right choices, how to, how to create new boundaries as a young adult.
0: I love it. I, can't, I literally can't wait to read it because it's going to help me. It's going to solve all my problems. Well,
1: let's let all your problems. It, it, believe me, it, it, and I'll keep everybody up to date in regards to when it comes out. It will solve all problems. Of, I, I'm just course saying, it will. I'm not overselling this.
0: Oh, you know, it's
1: the whole thing undersell, over deliver. Right. I'm not overselling this when I say this will cure everything.
0: So, folks, stocking suffers. It is
1: a panacea, if you will. <laughs> I love that word. I, I learned that word it's a like great seventh grade, word. and I keep using it. And sometimes I forget what it means. But then I say, "Oh yeah, I can use that." But then people say, "Why are you using it? Because I don't understand what it is. And then it's it's, it's
0: so like just because I want to sound yeah
1: weird, then yeah. Then I sound like a douchebag. So you know, it's, so I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope everybody uh, had a great week and uh, thanks for joining us again. I know the last couple, three weeks have been the best of the Walk of Shame. So I wanted to make sure that we came back and did a new show before the transition.
0: I'm so glad I got to be part of it.
1: So remember, now what I'm going to try to do is take all of our subscribers and our listeners and make it an easy transition over to the Surrounded by Idiots uh, podcast Buy, i gotta change some stuff on soundcloud and stitcher and itunes and stuff but i want to do that but remember it's going to be the surrounded by idiots radio podcast and it's going to start next week and it's basically me and and i'll get try to get mariah as much as i can but it's going to be people coming in and talking about millennial issues and philosophy and and doing something and living your life on your own freaking terms
0: amen Preach there it. it is
1: all right So remember javabut.com, the website, uh, Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 all the social media stuff. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.